Good morning, everybody. It's Aya Wimala. Uh, probably a minute or so early. So I'm going to adjust, make sure my phone is off. It's Thursday morning, June 25th, and uh, it's a beautiful day here. And I hope you have a beautiful day, or you had a beautiful day, and it's a lovely evening where you are. Um, I have so many things I've been thinking about. I've had some good responses from people who are interested in a, a book discussion, some kind of discussion group. And I had a wonderful suggestion from a very good friend who suggested uh, that we could even do maybe a chapter from different books with each discussion and uh, cover a topic, but do it with a lot of different materials, and I could provide the materials for everyone, and then if there was something that you really enjoyed, you might want to pursue that book, or listening, to, or watching, our homework could be watching a YouTube video or a TED Talk, so I thought that was a great idea too, so if you're interested, let me know, and if you have some ideas on materials or books or a topic, let me know that as well. But uh, back to the world, I think I, I was, uh, you know, the news doesn't get any better, right? And we, we seem to have a lot of, the chaos seems to be deepening and the, uh, the unreality that some people, the world that a lot, of, that's a lot of people would have us be in is not the world that, we, that we're actually in. And that's the nature of samsara, right? That's the nature of this world. But I've been thinking more and more, if you, if you go to Blue Lotus, you know we have our new smaller uh, chanting book. And one of, the chant, one of the things that we practice, and we always say it in English every time we're at the temple, is our, uh, the chant from Shantidewa, that's a Bodhisattva chant. And it, it's become very meaningful, I know, to me and I know to everybody at the temple. And I think that that's something that we need to be practicing every day because this, the role that we're taking in this world right now has to be with an open heart and an open mind, but making choices that are protecting ourselves and protecting others. And that has to be our first consideration, right? And so today when we do the meditation, I want to, I want to get everybody re-familiarized with the chant that we do. And I'd like to include it every day when we sit together. I wanted to share another uh, little story with you. Yesterday I went to my uh, eye specialist. I have macular degeneration, so I get injections in my eyes and have for several years. And I love, I love my doctor. I think he's a genius and he's just, he's, he's just, uh, I don't know. I just feel really safe with whatever he's, he's just trying to figure out for my eyes, the best course for my eyes. And he was, he was thinking that my eye that is the worst eye has stabilized and it's just staying. Uh, it's, the vision isn't good, but it's stable. He's not, he's not as worried about a hemorrhage in that eye again. But my good eye is the one that, uh, the one that works the best is also the one 
he wants to protect the most because it, it's, it's the only one that keeps me from being legally blind. And so he's always balancing the treatment and making sure he's protecting the good eye and he's keeping the bad eye where it is without it getting any worse. And yesterday he was, he always sits and he runs his hands through his hair thinking, and uh, he's seeing good signs because everything seems to be stabilized. So he's, he's been changing the course of the injections a bit. But he was saying, seems like the bad eye has, has uh, stabilized, and that's a good thing. It means we can not do the injections. But of course, he has to treat the, the, the right eye very delicately and carefully because that's the eye we really have to protect, right? We have to be a bodhisattva for that right eye. But he said, just as he said, if there's any doctor in this field who thinks that they understand the trajectory of the disease and that they can second guess it, they're always in for a surprise. And it's, you know, you can't, we, as a, as a doctor working with this disease, I can never predict how it's going to go. I never can uh, even understand maybe the next step it takes. It's all very, you know, we were laughing about it. I said, well, I guess that makes every day, you know, new and wonderful because you have no idea what you're, what you're going to need to do or what you're going to see. And he said, yeah, it's kind of like that. But I thought, I kept thinking, what a wonderful way to approach your work or your life. Like we can't, we can't make any accurate predictions about anything. And he realizes that my eyesight is in his hands. I thought, what an amazing thing to be willing to take that on for every one of your patients. And, uh, we enjoy talking to each other because a lot of his patients are much older and they're, they might be uh, dealing with other illnesses. They, they sometimes can't describe what's going on with their eyes and, and I'm still of sound mind. And so I can, I've been pretty good about being able to describe to him what is going on from my literally point of view. And so he always appreciates that. But but I really thought, I said, yeah, yesterday I told him, you know, you can't get sick because there aren't any doctors to replace him. They're all, all the doctors in his field are all so busy. And he laughed and he said, yeah, he said three other doctors in his, in his practice have been uh, staying at home all through the, the pandemic. But he said he, he can't do that because people would go blind without, without him working with them and always seeing exactly where they are. And I thought that was a, that's a beautiful way for us to all be looking at the world. We don't know what's coming up. We have to protect everything right now and be aware that right now this moment is what we have and make it be a beautiful moment. Make it be, make it be the best experience it can be. That doesn't mean we have to uh, let go of being careful and uh, safe. That's not what it means. It doesn't mean we run out and do everything that we shouldn't do and have a great time and just uh, say, okay, I'm living in the moment, so I'm not going to wear a mask. I'm not going to think about other people. I'm going to do everything I want to do. You know, let's go to Disneyland.
That's, that's not what it means. Living every moment and experiencing every moment means we can take every day, every minute, and enjoy it to the fullest because we can just allow ourselves to be present for the precious moment. If we're with someone, enjoy that person completely. And if we're busy uh, preparing a meal or cleaning our, our, our home, we can enjoy that. I know that some days I would say, no, we can't. But <clears throat> if, we, if we allow ourselves to see it as a precious moment and that we're taking care of ourselves, we're taking care of our loved ones, we, we can enjoy prep- preparing food, we can enjoy uh, sitting down and enjoying a meal with the people we've cooked it for or we can have someone else prepare a meal for us and really enjoy that that, that uh, luxury, right? Even if it's one of our kids. And we can allow that moment to be wonderful and precious. And those are going to be the memories that we, that we have, more so than uh, running around trying to do everything and see everything and experience every every uh, rush of adrenaline we can do. This, we can't predict anything, so we can't assume, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get out there and uh, nothing's going to hurt me, nothing's going to happen, but I have all these experiences I want to have, and my senses are just craving. Think about what we really want. It may just be the company of one person, or to be moving out into the world to... Uh, to get involved in a volunteer project where you can actually do that now. I have one friend and my daughter as well. They can still, they're still able to volunteer at certain private animal shelters. So my daughter goes every Sunday morning, early in the morning and uh, takes care of the litter boxes and cleaning up in a cat rescue place. And uh, that's, that's, that's such a, treat for her. She, she has two cats at home, but she loves going and taking care of the rescue cats and loves being with the cats and doesn't bother her at all that she's cleaning up after them. And that's, I have another friend who's working with senior rescues and uh, they've, they've, they're allowing people to come back, just one or two people in an entire building, but they're able to go, go and spend time taking, uh, just being with those animals who need human contact too. And so those are wonderful things that we can be doing. And there might be, that might be the, the experience we're really looking for when we look around and think, okay, what's open? What can we do? When can we get to the beaches? Really think about what it is that would make your heart sing and uh, what you're missing, and what would nurture you, and what would be safe for you and the people around you without, without creating more of a problem in the world. Because this is, this is a scarier time than we've had during the whole pandemic. And I know for some people, staying in and not going out is very difficult for their personality type and for the way they live their life. But right now, it's okay to be doing some things that we haven't been able to do. 
but be very careful about it and be very choosy about what you choose to do. Probably we don't need to get back into the same super busy routines that we had in the past. And uh, think about what you've learned about yourself in the experience of of really being feeling quarantined, really feeling uh, isolated. Think about what you enjoyed. Think about the days that were wonderful for you. Think about what you really felt like you needed more of and were you able to get it? And can you do it without being unsafe to anyone else? Uh, so, so think a lot about that because we're moving into a really difficult time, a challenging time. Uh, I'm, I'm, I've got in front of me, but I, it, it's every page is so wonderful. I didn't want to just pick one spot. Pema Chodron's latest book, Welcoming the Unwelcome. Isn't that a perfect title? That's first of all. I thought, well, she she wrote this book a year or so ago, but uh, what a perfect title, right? This is what this whole experience has been for all of us, everyone. We've been asked to welcome the unwelcome, and we've had to do it, cut off from a lot of the things that that were our, our props in the past, right? Um, we've, we haven't been able to meet with other people and uh, get out and out and about and go about our lives just basically thinking of ourselves. And we haven't even had the things like our churches and our temples and our spiritual practice. You know, those buildings have been closed to us. So welcoming the unwelcome, I think, is is a beautiful topic. So... Uh, hopefully I can glean some things that I can share with you without feeling like I have to uh, just keep reading and reading the whole the whole book to you. But think about that idea. And if you have access to her book, I think it's it's uh, it's just full of what we need to be thinking about and listening to t- the, these days. And I had picked out the chant, our uh, Bodhisattva chant a few days ago to to start practicing with regularly with all of you and of course Pema Chodron because she her practice is more uh, Tibetan Buddhism her book is all about all of us being bodhisattvas so I think that's something we can all and a bodhisattva is that person that's that's has compassion for all beings in the world and wants to help all beings, all sentient beings in the in the world's all the world systems, and so all of us want to help, and all of us have compassion, and uh, this is what a good time to be practicing the qualities of a bodhisattva. So we can sit, but I want to read this first, and then we'll read it again at the end of the the meditation. I I have it in my memory. I always think I have it backwards and forwards, but I haven't been saying it out loud at the temple. That's where the temple has been my crutch. I haven't been saying it four or five times a week with a group of people. So we'll do this again at the end of the meditation, but just for those of you who haven't heard it, may I become at all times, both now and forever, 
a protector for those without protection, a guide for those who have lost their way, a a ship for those with an ocean to cross, a sanctuary for those in danger, a lamp for those without light, a place of refuge for those who lack shelter, and a servant to all in need. By means of this meritorious deed, may I never join with the unwise, only the wise, until the time I attain Nibbana. Isn't that beautiful and isn't it perfect? So let's sit and just be with our breath and then we'll end with this again. And so uh, it's in the little book of chanting and I think you can find it on the website too. So let's sit, just become comfortable wherever you are, relaxed, at ease, Just now, focus on your breath. Just be aware of your body breathing. Aware of it being a deeper breath, not a shallow breath up in the top of our lungs, but a gentle but strong enough breath that we feel it in our belly. And just be aware of our body doing the breathing. We can just be aware of it. Our body will keep breathing. Keep relaxing into your body. Becoming more and more present with yourself and your physical body. Just let go. Let go of your thoughts. Don't try to stop them. Just let go of being attached to them for right now. Just let them come and go on their own. Let go of holding on so tight. relax. There's nowhere else you need to be right now.
if you're feeling fearful, see if you can unloosen that knot a little bit. Breathe into the tightness. Just allow it to loosen. Just welcome in whatever whatever is coming, whatever this world has for us. Welcome it in, knowing that we can take care of ourselves. We can create space around whatever fear we have. We can handle whatever we have to handle. Be in the present moment. Be aware of life and joy and little happinesses that can happen all during the day. Know that we can't predict the future and we can't relive and redo the past, but we can be and dwell in the present moment 
and understand what's going on. We can work with what's going on. We can work with ourselves. We can make the right decisions. We can care for ourselves and we can care for others. May I become at all times, both now and forever, a protector for those without protection, a guide for those who have lost their way, a ship for those with an ocean to cross, a sanctuary for those in danger, a lamp for those without light, a place of refuge for those who lack shelter, and a servant to all in need. By means of this meritorious deed, may I never join with the unwise, only the wise, until the time I attain Nibbana. It's beautiful. It's how we can live today and tomorrow and every day. And we can begin the day with these thoughts and we can end the day. Have a beautiful day, and thank you for being such a big part of my practice. And uh, I see, let's send blessings to Patty Erickson's mom. And if you if you if you know Patty, you know her wonderful mom lives in Woodstock, and uh, she and I talk about our moms because they're both about the same age, way up there. So. A lot of us will do that, Patty. Okay, thanks everybody. Have a beautiful day.